the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How is your devotion to Christ? Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. Hi there, and welcome to Times of Refreshing from the Well a Christian community in Livermore, California. Our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, will talk about our devotion to Christ today. And to help us along, he's going to take us to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. That's where we catch up with Pastor Napoleon today as we take a look at Paul and his thoughts on our devotion to Christ. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. There are so many things that are pulling on us and so many things that, that the enemy tries to release against us to uh, bring distraction. Uh, never forget that your time is valuable and how you use your time is important in the sight of God. And uh, if you're like me, I like to do things. I like, I, I love life. I want to get out and I, I enjoy life. But at, at the end of the day, we also have to take in consideration that how we're doing life is important in the sight of God. And our devotion to Christ must be the, the catalyst for how we live. That, that man, I am committed to Christ. I'm devoted to Christ. He's my life. He is, has the preeminence. He's first, he's principal in my life. And then from that point of view and lifestyle, everything else begins to flow. Uh, The enemy wants to bring distraction here, distraction there, and life is full of stuff we can do, but what is the right thing to do? We'll do the right things when we prioritize. And for us, our devotion has to start off with Christ. I know we love our kids. I know we love our friends. I know we love our spouses. But there's no one in your life that should come before Jesus. Can I have a great big amen on that? There's no one in your life. I don't care who they are, what they're doing, what they said, how much money they gave you. No one should come before Jesus in our lives. And this is the kind of lifestyle that we should live. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 on down to 4, the Apostle Paul, he begins to address this, to address this, and I love how skillful he is with with making this point. He says here in in verse 1, he says, Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me. He says, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have trothed you to one husband 
that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He says, for if he comes, for, for if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom, you have not, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, he says this, you may well put up with it. You may tolerate it. You'll just let it go. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's fine. And so apostle, the Apostle Paul is addressing this here. But let's go back to verse 1 because something is, is critical here. He says, oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. And obviously, as, as, as uh, the senior pastor here and, and one of the elders here at this church, you know, it's part of our responsibility uh, to make sure that we're watching over people's souls. It's God has commissioned us to do it. And, and, and for all of us here as elders on staff here at the church and a part of this ministry, it's important that we realize that we are in the business of making sure that people connect with Christ and then stay connected to Christ. Can I have an amen? And I like what Apostle Paul says. He says, for, he says, for I am jealous for you. He does not say I'm jealous of you. There's difference between being jealous of someone and jealous for something. When you're jealous for someone, just like the Bible says that God is jealous for us. He's not jealous of us. What do we have that he needs? He's jealous for us. He wants the best for us. He wants us to achieve the best. He wants the best in life for us. He wants our lives to be filled with his blessings. And the Apostle Paul says this, for I am jealous for you. And then he says, with godly jealousy. There's a place for godly jealousy in our lives. That I want the best for a person. That, that I'm looking for them to achieve greatness, to be blessed, to have everything that God has for their lives. Everything that's on God's prophetic timetable for their lives. God's prophetic agenda for their lives. I want people to achieve that. That's a godly jealousy that Lord bless them. I don't want anything far from them. I want something for them. Every person in this room, you should have a godly jealousy for your kids. That Lord, I want you to bless them and to prosper them way beyond the way that you have blessed me and prospered me. I want you to bless them. But it's the same. Some people in their families, they're jealous of each other. They're like the crab mentality. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> but what we want is to be jealous for. And in ministry, it's the same way. We, we as elders in the church, and then just men and women of God, should be jealous for each other. Man, I want God to bless them. I want God to prosper them. God, do something in their life that just blows their mind, that causes them to say, wow, only God could have done this for this person. And that's how we should live our lives. That's how we should go about doing things. It's like, 
it's, it's a shame because instead of us believing God for people, we believe God for what people have that we ultimately want. I'm believing God for what you got. And that's not the lifestyle that God wants us to have. So the Apostle Paul, we see very clearly, he says, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. There's a place for that in the body of Christ. He says, for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste chaste virgin, he says to Christ. And all of us, we have to see this. And as a leader, I have to see that part of my job is to prepare all of us in this room for Jesus. That's what he's saying. That I have betrothed you. I have set you aside. You have been set apart and set aside for God. And ultimately, you're getting prepared for this holy union with the Lord. It's our job to make sure that we're constantly keeping this at the forefront of what we do in ministry as we are, as we are helping people to understand that your life isn't just about what you're getting. You're, also, you're prepared You're being prepared in life to give of yourself. That my whole life is preparation to meet my king. And this is how I I live my life. This is how I prepare myself. This is how I'm getting myself ready. And the church's job is to help me to get myself ready. But in getting ourselves, and like he's saying here, I betrothed you, he says here, to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ... During that, that process, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, there's going to be preparation. There's going to be things that God wants us to, to, to get out of your life. There's things that God's trying to put into your life. And in this church, we want to constantly reiterate that that's part of the process. We're trying to get you ready for Jesus. And the problem that we have sometimes in, in Christendom is... We major on trying to get people ready for heaven. But that's not, that's not the prize. The prize is him. And getting people ready for him. When I die, I'm not worried about, the heaven isn't what I'm looking forward to. Although I am looking forward to it in the sense I'm grateful. But the only reason why I want to go to heaven is because I know Jesus is there. Can I have an amen? That, that should be our heart is that, that, that I'm, prepare, I'm preparing to meet Jesus. And we're going to be together forever. Well, people, people nowadays, they don't want to hear that message. People don't realize that that's the message, that, that I'm, my devotion is to him. I'm getting ready for him. My lifestyle is preparing for me for him. My obedience is preparing me for him. Everything that I'm doing now is preparing me for that moment that ultimately someday you and I are going to have to stand before him. And my prayer is, is that none of us are ashamed of him at his coming. We're not ashamed before him at his coming. That we stand there and we know that, Lord, I've done the best that I could by the grace and the power and the anointing you gave me and your spirit to get myself ready to meet you at this moment. Every decision, everything that we do should be about that moment. And let me say this, saints, 
It's not as far off as you would think. Just think if we, if we lived our lives as though, and you got to think, if by reason of strength, person lives 80 years, 90 years, the Bible talks about these things. Do you know how small of a period of time that is in view of eternity? We're just passing through here. Look at your neighbor and tell them we're just passing through here. But isn't it amazing that God will give us an opportunity as we're passing through here to prepare ourselves for his presence? This was the message that the first century church preached. They didn't preach, well, Lord, we just prayed that you would make the world like the Garden of Eden again. The first century church they, they weren't worried about all this stuff. Although we got to live here and, we're, and we understand the balance that we have to have in this kind of message. But the, the thing that I love about the Apostle Paul is the first century church, they didn't know when the Lord was coming. So every day they were preparing as if he was coming. And that's the kind of lifestyle we have to live. Can I have an amen, y'all? And this is what we do. He says, for I, he says, for I have betrothed you to one, one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. I am set apart for God. And then he says this, but I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And it's the same tactic that the enemy, he plays on us is the same tactic that he used on Eve in the garden. I challenge you to study. Study Eve's encounter in the garden. Genesis chapter 2, 3, somewhere right in there. Look and you'll see how the enemy was able to deceive her through craftiness. And, and I preached on this not too long ago. And he played on her desire to know. Her curiosity. Got the best of her. God knows that the day that you eat of this tree, you're going to be like him, knowing the difference between good and evil. But it was, it, was, it was a lie. And for all of us, it was an accusation against God's character as if, and the accusation was, God is withholding something that is good for you. That's going to make you more like him. And so he doesn't, want you to, he doesn't want you to have this. And this is the same lie that he tells us all the time. And in that lie, the devil will sometimes, through the lie, convince us that there's other things that we need to explore. We need to try this. You know, try this weed. There's nothing wrong with this. It's a plant. God made plants. You try this. You know, God, no, no, no. My mom and daddy told me stay away from it. And in the Bible, you know, we, we, don't, we don't believe in that. Yeah, but that's just a tripping. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having sex before marriage. What's wrong with you? Go ahead and try. Go ahead and try it. And the devil sits back. He said, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get him. Nah, don't go, go do that, you know. 
Why don't you try a little beer? Try, try a little alcohol. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Let me share you. Can I share y'all, share, share with you guys something? I grew up, I grew up, and uh, most, most people know my story. I, I grew up kind of, I grew up rough. I had a tough, tough uh, upbringing. And, uh, but through it all, through the stuff that I saw, I never, I never, I was so into athletics that I made my decision that I'm not, and I saw family members struggle, so I'm not touching no drugs, no alcohol, nothing. I seen what it did to my family. I'm not touching none of this. And so I just worked out hard, did my thing. I can remember I was at college. I was going to college. And uh, got up to the University of Washington, and before the season started, there was this thing called, there's this place called the Crew House, where all the players would stay before the season started, and we'd have our workouts and different things like that, and then we'd all stay in the Crew House. And I had uh, one of my teammates was in the Crew House, and he was drinking some beer. And, And I was looking at him like, man, why are you drinking that, dude? And he was like, oh, man, you know, we just kicking it. You know, we just kicking it. And he was all kind of tipsy and different things like that. And I'm looking at him. And so he leaves the room, but he left the 40 right there. And I'm sitting there, and here comes the devil. Why don't you try that? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. Look at that. Like, man. So I went over there and I tried it. And when he came back, that 40 was gone. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget this because from that moment on, for the next four years of me in college, my my life spiraled down a road. That I never, I never even imagined uh, could happen. Now I had great success on the football field, but off the football field, I couldn't believe what one decision that day led me into, and uh, and the lifestyle that I had resisted and re- and just hated for so long. I just saw. But this is the thing. Let me say this to y'all. Never forget. That there are something in your family called familiar spirits. Familiar spirits, familiar family, they're family demons assigned to your life. And their job is to get you to go down the road that your family members went down. It's called familiar spirits. The Bible is full of stories of familiar spirits. The Bible, Jesus, I mean, God talks about these familiar spirits. And what they'll do is, is try to attack you the same way that they attacked your family. And you can have it in your heart not to do it, but until the power of God comes into your life, it's going to be hard to resist. These demons are going to try you. And so, so looking back on it, I understand what was happening in that moment. But let me say this to y'all. The enemy used curiosity and the desire to know to experiment. There's no experiments with the devil. Once he gets you to try it, he's going to try to get you hooked on it. Can I have an amen, y'all? 
And I'm just talking about in life, whether it's sex, whatever it is. He's going to try to get you. And so I went down a road, and by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I was able to get out of the situation. And, and eventually, when I got saved, I told my wife. I started reading my Bible, and I told my wife. I said, I said you know what? This something not right. I don't feel comfortable about this. So me and my wife, in one day, took all of our alcohol that we had in the house. I had been saved for a week. Took all the house. In one week, I, I've been saved for a week. I looked at, I took all that alcohol in one day and we poured it down the drain and never looked back a day in our life. We've never looked back. It's over 20 years now. Alcohol has not touched my lips over 20 years. Now, let me say this. And I'm saying this because you have to keep in mind that some, well, it's okay for me, bro. I'm good, you know, I'm good. That this is the thing. You have to keep in mind that you're not just dealing with something natural. You're also dealing with something, there's a spiritual dynamic. And somebody in your family has to come along and break the curse and rebuke those familiar spirits. Can I have an amen? And set your life and set something in motion that's going to be a blessing for your family. Somebody's got to say enough. Somebody's got to say stop. Somebody's got to say no, my kids are not going to get involved in this mess. But it all goes back to, it all goes back to your devotion to Christ. Now, I'm talking about alcohol here, but I want to make it perfectly clear. It's not just alcohol. What is it in our lives that could be a distraction, something that can take us away from our intimacy with Jesus and our devotion to him? And there's many things. It, beca- it could become... It could become houses, it could, it could be cars, it could be, it could be family members. I'm putting your, your, your friends in front of God. Whatever it is that is the devil's trying to use in your and I's life to take our devotion away from Christ, we got to stop. And let me say this. Stop thinking that it's going to take 10 years to get you free. I'm telling you right now, when you make up your mind, Jesus will break every chain in your life right now. Make a decision for Jesus. Make a decision for Jesus. And he will do it. Won't he do it, y'all? He says, but I fear lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. And then he's crafty. He's crafty. There's nothing wrong with that. Why, why does all oh, that church is religious? That well church, the well, they're religious. They don't want to let us have any fun, you know. And what they mean is they don't want us getting drunk and high and partying and woo, hanging out, you know, and being foolish and sleeping around with everybody and doing crazy stuff. They don't want us to do that. Because that's what the world says is fun. That's what the world says is good. But it's the devil, it's not God. The world is trying to define what, what, what fun is. And generally, it has to do with sex, drugs, and alcohol. And that's not fun. 
It's fleeting, and it'll get you in the end. You'll wake up and say, where am I? And who am I laying next to? We're going to break that curse in here. Amen. Can I have an amen? We're going to break it all in the name of Jesus. He says here, he says, but I fear lest somehow as a serpent deceived thee by his craftiness, and he's crafty. He says, so your mind should be, may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And there's a simplicity of devotion to Christ that we've got to have. Why don't you do that? Because my love for Jesus. Why don't you get involved with that? I just love Jesus. Come on, let's do this. No, why not? I love Jesus. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there as well as our online store, and you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on his truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.